great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just ran down. Everybody, amazing. I'm not going to remember any of it. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. Now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other host of this show, Nick. And, Nick, it's a rumor mill Thursday. Uh, drama, continuous. Rumors on Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, whatever I say the top 10 on the roster at this point have been rumored to potentially be moved. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm good. Up at like 4.30 a.m. for work today. And I had this like thought in the back of my mind. I was like, we got to do a podcast tonight. Don't really know what we're going to talk about. And then luckily, you know, Lombardi's coming out saying, oh, yeah, the Rams absolutely are taking calls on Matthew Stafford and all this stuff's going on. And I'm just like, what the – like, can a day go by when when Rams Twitter isn't, like, running amok? I was actually thinking the exact same thing because I had woken up today and I was like, it's been almost two full days. It's been, like, 48 hours of, of no Rams news. Like, no no trade drama, no potential – we're going to let a player go seek a trade or we're going to potentially cut a player. Like, nothing. So it had been quiet. I guess it was time. And considering the Rams are one of the top seven, ten teams or so that fall within the spotlight, have won a Super Bowl recently, if there's drama surrounding the Rams, it's likely going to hit, you know, major, major airwaves and um, we'll we'll make headlines. So, yeah, the Mike Lombardi thing was really interesting because I saw that this morning and I'm thinking to myself, Mike Lombardi is a New Jersey resident. He's from Ocean City, New Jersey. I've read one of his books before. He's, he was a director of, of player pro personnel for almost, I think, 25 years or so in the league across the Eagles. He was an assistant for the Patriots, won a couple of Super Bowls for the Patriots. So that's the only reason why I said on Twitter that he is a credible source. Like he has respect throughout the league. He has championships uh, under his name. He has written novels about football. Like he knows what he's talking about. But to go on the Pat McAfee show and just – throw it out there that the Rams have been calling around to trade Matthew Stafford, like fired a, an emergency press conference for Les Snead later in the day, which was, it seems a little bit dramatic, but it maybe the press conference wasn't technically an emergency press conference. Maybe Les was scheduled to speak regardless, but still really interesting the way that the news broke. And I thought he was so, the way that he said it and how he was so passionate about the fact that he knew and he's talked to other GMs and the, the, the former GMs across the league, assumably have a circle or a group text. Him and Mike Tannenbaum from ESPN just texting back and forth. So I don't know. What was your instant reaction when you saw it this morning, Nick? Okay. Immediate, <laughs> instant reaction. Yeah. Don't gut me or, you know, grill me at the stake or whatever the expression is, was, oh, my God, the Rams are going to get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going there. That was the first thought. I was like, I mean, it makes no sense to me that all these teams are like Carolina Panthers are like, yeah, we're good. Like, it doesn't make any sense. What? So, I, I I don't know. Like, for them to push that out there, and from this you know credible Ocean City source, Lombardi, 
to make that like a public thing, it made me kind of sit back and be like, there is a high talent MVP level player on the table and you know, all love to Super Bowl champ Matthew Stafford. I think maybe the idea was we can bring in somebody that can completely, you know, turn this team into something that we've never sure. seen before. Sure. So I was just ready to 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 bulldoze and move on when I saw it because that was the only like to me it was like you're only moving on from him if you're going to get something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's a good point. I think too many things are in place, right? Like they've given up too much capital over the last six or seven years to trade up and go get Jared Goff. Like they then gave up all this draft capital, the first round pick, second round pick to go get Matthew Stafford right. and to take on his salary. And then you're going to go give additional draft capital on top of that to then get rid of Matthew Stafford to bring in Lamar Jackson. It's like there's too many moving pieces. So I was thinking to myself, yeah, of course, that would be a, ver a very fun idea. And the second piece is that it doesn't fully align with the remodel methodology, right? Like the right. way that they're going to go about building the cap, building the uh, building the roster this year. I, I don't think it would align with the fact that, you know, if you're going if you're going full rebuild, you're tearing down the walls to Les's points today when he was in his interview. Like you're you're getting rid of your good players. You know, there's. You're getting rid of Aaron Donald. You're taking calls for Matthew Stafford. You're taking calls for Cooper Cup. When in reality, they're building in, in, in totality, building for the next window. Like that is the next methodology for the Rams is we're going to play it safe. We're going to pump the brakes in 2023, get ourselves in a much healthier cap situation. And then in 2024, 2025, we're going to then compete for the next Super Bowl. Right. So to me, there was a lot of confidence coming out of less need in that regard. I said it was a very busy offseason. But the fact that they've had a chance a little bit longer of an offseason, not coming out of the longest season of the, of the NFL's history, right? It's a, they didn't make the playoffs. So they've had some time to bounce some ideas off of coaches, onboard them, build their draft strategy, build their unrestricted free agent strategy, which Les described when the bell rings on at Wednesday, I think it's at one o'clock, is when you have to be under the salary cap. So that's step one for them. And I think that um, there's a, there's a, more to do than sit there all day and take calls for your, you know, your top nine best players, right? You have to figure out who you're going to prioritize in free agency. You're getting ready. You're compiling information from the combine. And we talked about this in previous episodes, Nick, like there's a lot of work to do before that March 15th date hits. And as we do these episodes twice a week, like this time flies by. Yeah. So it's like you really, there's no downtime to have. Yeah. And just to kind of like, speak on the remodeling of the future yeah. and whatnot. Um, they, they do have to draft better. There is more to the job in, in less need that, you know, you're not going out and getting proven talent at this point. What yeah. you're talking about is going into the draft and finding people that are coming out that are fresh, that are cheap, that you can use with your other pillars, as you want to call them, Stafford, Cup, and Donald. And Ramsey no, no longer mentioned in that. So no. he's gone. So he's going to be the one that brings in the capital. And with that capital, you got to do your homework. You know, like, and the drafts over the last couple of years, I mean, just look at Daryl Henderson, was a key component in the Super Bowl, like almost in spite of what they wanted to do. It's like the run game was not working, but he needed to step up and make big plays, and he did when it was you know given to him. But now yeah. he's off the team. 
Like could be, it could be out of, could be completely out of the league. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he might not even be on the team next year. They'll probably sign him at some point. Um, honestly, if he's on no team, they may be they may bring him back in the building like a Malcolm Brown situation. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but you're you're 100 right. This is where yeah. you earn your money. Yeah. Go ahead. Back to what you were saying. Go ahead. No, I like as much as they want to talk about retooling and rebuilding. You have to do your homework right now and make sure that you're bringing in players and people that can be key contributors and that can be cheap for right now. And if you don't like, if you want to talk about this year as, or like this coming year as like, a, okay, you know, let's be scrappy and, you know, we're not going to make it to the Super Bowl next year, but we're going to be ready to be in that situation in the coming year. I think you need to seriously consider, and you brought this up before we started talking, you need to seriously consider a situation where Matthew Stafford is not one of those pillars and them releasing this information, somebody releasing this information that they're potentially taking calls on him, I think is just more um, to be believed that he might not be here past next year. Well, he said, I mean, Les said he's taken calls for nine players to this point from the end of the season this year, all the way to this point, March 9th. So, I mean, that's, it's a lot. And you would assume that guys like Ramsey, Floyd and Higby are on that list maybe even Joe Noteboom, but then obviously Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Les said that people were calling him just to try and figure out what their plan was for the future. Like there's a, a massive clarification that's needed, I guess, throughout the national media and throughout all Rams fans. Like they needed to know whether this was going to be a retool, a remodel or a rebuild. And I think that Les really did a good job of drawing the line today. And I think in regards to like, how do you construct the supplemental piece of your roster? There's a, he made one point that there's not just one person that they're looking at throughout free agency. They're looking for a company. And this is the way that they've constructed their roster in the past, but I think in a more cap safe futuristic type way where they're looking out for the next three years versus just going all in spending, you know, two first round picks, a high second round pick to go out and get a player. So it's just an adjustment period. I think that pumping the brakes is really going to do good for the franchise because it's then going to open up opportunity for them through 2024, 2025. And McVay, I mean, less pretty much guaranteed on the call today that there is no reason for Sean McVay to be reconsidering his future in, in years to come, right? It's not going to be an every single year thing. There's not going to be that, that piece of the organization that's kind of being drowned down by Sean McVay trying to make up his, his mind for the future. I think what's important is they understand that, yeah, there's Aaron Donald. They refer to him as an A player, but you need three to four B players to complement him, whether that's in the draft, whether that's in free agency, or it's an A minus player. Like Les likes to play around with these isms and terminologies of pillars and breaking down walls. And, and, you know, I think that he made a really good point in terms of we want to get the best grouping of players for 2023 moving forward. That would also be complementary to the players that we also have in house while still developing the guys that we've drafted over the past couple of years. So that's a, it's a huge undertaking. I mean, you got a lot of, I guess this is my favorite terminology and ism or jargon is there are a lot of moving pieces at this point, which I feel like this is, that's how I transition, but you're right. 2021, Nick Tutu Atwell, Ernest Jones, Bobby Brown, Robert Rochelle, Jacob Harris, Ernest Brown, Jake Funk, Ben Skoranek, and Chris Garrett. If it's not your favorite player out of that, out of that crew. I mean, how is it not Ben Skronik? No, I mean, I guess you can go Ernest Jones, right? <laughs> I, I knew it. Well, Ernest so Jones. That's, is- that's the best of the best. Let's say it's let's say it's Ernest Jones or Ben Skronik. 
need you you need to be better than that. I'm sorry, Ben Skoranek truthers, but that that cannot be your highest caliber intake from a draft. I hey, I totally agree with you. No, yeah. so I and then there's Ernest Jones, right? Which Super Bowl contributor? He's going to be the Mike linebacker this year. He's going to be in control of the defense. So a lot of optimism to be had with him. That was a good pick. Two two. I guess the jury's still out on two two. Yeah. But if you go you go two two Ernest, Benny Skoranek. Jake Funk, Chris Garrett, Jacob Harris, no longer here. Robert Rochelle can't even play special teams. Need Bobby Brown to be able to kind of step up and be one of those B-level players and develop into an assistant to Aaron Donald, maybe replacing somebody like Greg Gaines or Ashawn Robinson. Yeah. I mean, you're you're entirely right. It's like you go back and look at the last two drafts. The, the previous one was tough. I think the back-to-back years in 2021 and 2022, they had eight total picks. Then last year you went third round Logan Bruss. Then you went Durant in the fourth. Fifth was Kyron. So there's no top 100 picks. There's a Rams methodology they tried to instill in previous years. Was we want as many top 100 picks as we can get. We don't need first round picks. We don't need top 32 picks. Let's get three or four top 100 picks. Yeah. And that wasn't even the case in the last two years. And Nick, I think it could be one of the reasons why you know, you're kind of in this position now. And also forcibly, so many top players were injured. So it's like these guys were forced to be on the field before they were already developed because they're later round picks. They need a longer time to be able to kind of comprehend the scheme and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's 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 um, I don't I don't know how you handle it moving forward. I mean, you got to just do the work every single day to make sure your roster is ready to go in 23. Yeah. You, I mean, it it has to be nose to the grind. Yeah, um, it you were kind of playing like Leslie was almost playing like a fantasy league essentially when he was playing GM where you're, you know, trading for high caliber players. And they also got lucky that Von Miller and OBJ kind of like, you know, obviously that like those were signings that happened during the year, the Super Bowl. But those were both key factors that you, that you needed to have during the season. So your draft capital was used to bring in these A tier players. So you weren't even really having to do much of the who are we going to bring in kind of work. It was more like we let's just bring in, you know, top tier talent. And then now on the other end of that, I think they're going to be trying to get away from the F them picks, you know, persona yeah. and mentality because he, he already spoke on that saying if it was really F them picks, then we'd be trading in division and it's not. So you're kind of in a situation where like we like we've been saying, you got to do your homework and you have to bring in people that are going to be capable and ready to perform immediately, you know, come week 1. So, yeah. I don't want to see them like unless it's Lamar, I don't want to see them bringing in like another A tier player and it and it's not less is um, you know, conference today. That's that is the way that's away from where they're going. You're entirely right. I mean, I think that's you take a step back from F them picks, you take a step back from the last five years, which we talked about in previous episodes, was a massive climb to the top. And the the fact that it was so exhilarating and and the dopamine drip just slowly slipped out of our brains as the next season progressed. Like that's why it's it's so difficult to be able to kind of compile it and redo it all again. And you're right, the F them picks methodology goes away. You stop trading away some of the top picks. You start developing your talent in-house. You start really looking to nail some of those top picks and you clean out the dead money in 2023. I think that's really kind of what's most important is 
How do you get all that dead money off of your book in 2023? Give a cleaner readout for 2024 and 2025. Keep Sean McVay in place. You know, that's not going to be something that's a determinant every single year. Figure out a way to get under the cap, do all the calculus you need to do by March 15th. And, you know, this is the one thing, Nick, that I wanted to kind of just pass back in your direction because it's kind of the point that you've already alluded to. This is a line from Les Need. Our DNA is to attack. And at this point, we have to hit the brakes a little. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I mean, is, that, is that discouraging for Rams fans to hear at this point? I don't think so. Not after last year. I, you know, hitting the brakes and getting to a point where you can be a, a contributor again in a tough division where two teams from that division made it to the playoffs, you know, like you want to be competitive and you want to, you know, own the Los Angeles title and, you know, be a team that's thriving. But, you know, look at the Lakers. They won a championship in 2020 mm-hmm. and they've had down years and they've kind of just taken it on the chin. I mean, you know, Jerry Buss, I mean, a genie bus is way off from Stan Kroenke. It feels like Stan Kroenke actually kind of knows what he's doing. Um, but, but, you know, they followed a similar model. It was like trade away assets, get that one A-type player. You got them, win the championship, and then deal with the downfall. And now the Lakers are in a potential situation where they can, like, really compete right now. But that was after a couple years of, like, being, like, really mediocre. So not every championship is built the same, but being a team that will be always fighting for one, whether that's long-term or short-term, like you could be like, um, like the lions have been for the past 50 years up until now, you know, where it's like, they don't, they, they didn't even have windows. They had one window when Stafford was there when they were like a wild card playoff team, you know, like their best, chance, that, they were just, history, their best chance was to win it in 1992 when they beat the Cowboys 38 to six in a wild card round. Right. Like, that's what I mean. Like, like some teams are just fine with consistent mediocrity, but you can tell at least with this organization that they're going in there, they're changing things up so they can get back to that position. And speaking, and that's, that I think is a a reflection of how smart the people are within that building. I think when you know, we talked about in the last episode, when you know to cut your losses, you know, that, that means you're a smart businessman. When you make an investment that's poor, you know, and you need more stock, that's how you, you you drop your investment and you move on and you cut your losses and you figure out what's next and you figure out how to rebuild it all over again for the next three or four seasons to then create a sustainable business model and not to get you know too jargon friendly. But like that's where Stan Kroenke comes into play. And you were talking about how, you know, Doug Kroenke knows what he's doing. And I think Kroenke was the most passionate about once they won the Super Bowl, Kroenke was like, oh, Cooper Cup in the third round. How about that? And then he went with his classic, whose house? Uh, that and, was the and, worst, best But ever. you know, it was worse than best. But you know that ownership, you know that the general managers, the, the people in the front office that, that structure the contracts are very much interested in finding those type of players who you could then go ahead and move them into that next, you know, unbreakable wall or pillar or core or whatever you want to call it. So... I, you know, I'm interested to see how they construct it. I think the best part and, and the thing that I, you know, you really learn from when you have, when, you, you know, you listen to these conversations, listen to these interviews is that like you, you can understand why these guys are in the position that they're in. You understand that they're, they're smart enough to be able to create a sustainable roster, right? It's just a matter of learning from some mistakes, getting the acceptance from your fans. So you gotta, and I think that the hardest part amongst all of it is making those really tough decisions 
in unrestricted free agency and with some of the rosters that are ready within your contract. Yeah. So and and we'll see how it shakes out. And we get a little uh, jersey love. I checked uh, today to see when was it when the Rams like unveiled their new jersey in 2020. You know, like like the big rebrand, like in the middle of the pandemic when mm -hmm. everything was happening at home. It was like middle early May. So we have yeah, some time. So it's coming. So I remember the logo was the first day of the pandemic. It felt like it was logo released in a box, teal colored hat with the logo that you're wearing on your hat right now that you hated when it was released. Yeah, but what did I say? I said, it'll grow on me. No, I said, if and when they win a the Super Bowl, I will wear that thing. That's true. You did. You said, I, I do not care, you know, it, yeah. as long as it, because now it is put right next to greatness, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, it very much is symbolic of moving to LA, putting all your eggs in one basket, you know, selling out all your, you know, destroying your credit, essentially to fund your own movie. And then the movie's a huge success. So, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah. It worked out. I'm waiting for your next movie or is that in the works? I saw you were writing a script the other day. Is that still in play? Yeah, no, it's in play. It's in play. I mean, you know, I, I need like, is it weird Netflix series that Jordan recommended us to create a Netflix series? Yeah. Weird and fun. The Rams brother story. Hmm. I think people would watch that at least, at least on average, a thousand to 500 a week. Just about as many as, as this podcast actually gets listens. Exactly. At least yeah. That, sound, that sounds about right. Um, so yeah. So the draft that's coming up, Nick, how many picks do we have in place? We have 10 in place. So the NFL released um, the comp picks. So we know exactly where our comp picks fall for the players that we had lost out on the previous year. So Darius Williams, uh, Austin Corbett, Sebastian Joseph Day, the Robert Woods trade. I think there was another trade from whether it was um, it was Bojo, the punter. I think we got a comp pick from Green Bay or it was a trade from Atlanta. It's reading conflicted reports, but regardless, one, two, three, four, five, six picks. Two of them are from trades and then four comps. Right. And one of them was Oboe. The late round pick for, was Oboe. So Darius Williams, 167th, um, Corbett, 171st. SJD 177th, and then Oba 251st. So you got three fifths and a seventh in the draft this year from the comp. Mm. So I'd say it's a pretty big win. I yeah. think you would have gotten, I'm not sure if Raheem Morris would have moved on, that you would have gotten a third round pick for the minority coach being hired in a different. I think, so. I think that's how it works. Yeah. And I think the seventh round pick may have gotten kicked out, or you would have lost one of the fifth round picks. I'm not entirely sure because four is the max in terms of comp picks. So I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen in the draft, but we have a month and a half to prepare. So although that, that time frame is going to come around pretty quickly. So the, the league year starts the 15th. The draft is midway through April. And, um, and what's coming next? What's coming next, my good brother? The reveal. You got a reveal? Two new winners for the hat giveaway? No, I, I meant like the schedule reveal. Oh, yeah, I think we're getting the schedule reveal. We're going to get new jerseys at some point. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, I mean, between the, the schedule reveal, the new jerseys, the draft, and the league year starting on March 15th, it's going to be a busy couple of months. Yeah. I mean, I'm look, I I can't remember the last time I was this excited for Ram season because 
you know, every other time it was the pressure of winning the Super Bowl yeah. or it was right after a Super Bowl when really you're still riding a high. Like now it's like, you know, they're going to be frisky. We're going to see some stuff that we haven't seen from this regime. And it's going to be exciting. You know, I'm really excited. I think when you talk about like fun and stress levels, right? Like the, like the from 2018, the beginning of the 2018 season all the way on until probably midway through last year was just an entirely overwhelming amount of stress as a fan. Because like I mentioned, you're trying to continuously climb the mountaintop. I think 2017 in general was the most fun season I've seen as a Rams fan in my lifetime, obviously outside of 18, 2018, 2001, I would say maybe it was, was really close. Cause I was super young at that point, the 99 season also super young, but still enjoyed as much of it as I could. But that 2017 season specifically, like if you, you could compare and contrast, there are things. And, and I think, um, you know, that maybe the way that they structure their roster again this year, if they feel like within OTAs and training camp, that they're maybe a little bit closer than they think that they are. Maybe they're not going to trade, you know, two first round picks to go out and get a guy. But if somebody like a Sammy Watkins is sitting there, somebody like a Aqib Tlaib, you can trade a sixth round pick to bring in who's on the back nine, as Les Snead talked about. Like the Rams love those type of players who everybody thinks are considered to be completely done while the Rams kind of look at it as, okay, this guy's just on the back nine. He just needs a hot dog around the turn, and he's going to be fine. I love that. I love that. That's all. That's all. Hey, I, Les inspired me. I got a lot. Yeah. And a I little. Mean, crazy okay. that that we got the the last Mario movie trailer and the Les Need conference in the same day. Yeah, Nick, I saw uh, there was a, a listener who was mad at the Mario Golf poster. Would you Would you care to address it? No way. Really? What did he say? Yeah. He said, I thought this was a, a Rams podcast, not a Mario podcast. <laughs> I asked if he liked the content. He said, yes, but I think he, he's got an issue of staring at uh, staring at Mario. Mario, maybe he hasn't gone around the turn. Maybe he needs a hot dog. I mean, it's funny because not only is it a Mario poster, but it's also a golf poster. So if he has problems right. with Mario, then he also has a problem with golf. Um, so for whoever that is... Let's just uh, – why not? Let's just show off some guys for him specifically. Why don't you, why don't you award him a hat? No, definitely not. If anything, well, I, 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 don't think know. He, I think he, he – uh, Yeah, him. maybe I'll send him a Nintendo hat. I mean, that Mario trailer today looked freaking amazing. Oh, I didn't see you. will have to share with me after the for every For every fan that doesn't like the Mario content, um, there is a great fan like David who – loves that i talk about mario and him and i exchange you know cool amiibos that we have together um oh that's pretty cool yeah but anyway i digress i won't i won't go off on mario because i get off your soap my next nobody nobody really gives a shit huh i said nobody really gives a shit about what mario everybody cares (laughs) about mario nobody cares about us talking about the rams either but we continue to prevail and bring you guys the content that you need. Before you go anywhere, make sure that you... A little bit shorter of an episode today. I guess you guys are saying, thank God. Like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. And don't forget, where are you going to find your live betting free contests and giveaways all season long? It's going to be bet online. Always the fastest and easiest way to place all your bets Sports wagers, what have you, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf, head to betonline.ag, Mario Golf. 
receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use promo code BLEAV. Receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Thanks Nick, for listening, everybody. How about a final question before we okay. sign up? Got one for me? Oh, I thought you were going to give me one this time because I gave you one. <laughs> where does Lamar Jackson end up? Like the most boring answer is he just stays a Raven. Not an option. Uh, okay. Okay. Commanders. I think he goes to the Commanders. I think it's a complete overhaul of the organization. I think they bring in new owners. I think they want to make a splash and they they go after this MVP level guy. And the Commanders, I mean, like, I don't know how they willed their way to win those games last year with Taylor Heineke, like the most limited quarterback that you can possibly win games with. Like, essentially, you're playing with Baker Mayfield as your starter, and you're winning games. If you put Lamar on that team, in that division, too, like, that would be the most, like, I would watch every single NFC East game. Lamar Jackson with two great running backs. You know, that that's that would be a fun team. You know, a coach that's been to a Super Bowl before, yeah. I, I would, uh, I'd buy in on that investment. And then follow-up question, where does Jalen Ramsey go, if he goes? Uh, Detroit. I said, welcome to Detroit City. Crazy. Crazy. For, yeah, I don't know. For, it's going to be some more five and nine. New England, what do you get back? I think New England robbed us when we uh, we traded for Sony Michelle, so maybe they'll give us a couple you know, fourth-round picks back or something like that. Yeah. Well, we'll have fun. Yeah, we'll have fun. We'll see. We'll be back next week um, trying to get Jordan on the pod. So I think Jordan's going to come on on, on Monday, um, chop it up, talk through all the details, talk through our conversation with Les, and uh, try and fill us in on um, anything else that's cooking because next week's certainly going to be busy and it's going to be fun. Stay here. We're going to be around. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. And go Rams. Go Rams. Enjoy the, enjoy the weekend, guys. Enjoy the Enjoy the weekend. Up. Peace.